Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Detectives, where we bring to you tales from the greatest detective shows the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 946 episodes broadcast on CBS Radio from 1940 to 1962, we bring to you Suspense. Mr. Dan Duryea as star in The Man Who Couldn't Lose, a radio play by Emil C. Tappelman. We trust that with this tale, we shall once again keep you in suspense. Feeling all right now? Sure. Sure. I feel swell. You better not talk anymore, though. Why not? I got nothing to worry about. That's what I'm telling you. Something's happened to me. I'm not scared. It's just like old man mostly said. It doesn't happen often. But when it does, well, it's happened to me. Something's happened to me that doesn't happen once in a hundred years. And it all happened in one day. Yeah. It began this morning. Leonard. Leonard. Get up. Sure. Sure, sure. Okay. I cook your breakfast. I come home and cook your dinner. In between, I work behind that counter all day until I'm so tired I can't hardly stand up. The least you can do is get up and drive me to work. Sure, I will. And what do you do? Nothing. When did you last sell an insurance policy? When? I'll bet you can't even remember. I'm sure I can't. All right. All right. And when you do get up enough energy to sell one once in a while, I never see the money. Horses, sweepstakes tickets, the numbers, anything just so long as you gamble it away. What do you ever bring a dollar home? Not that I ever hear anything about. Oh, shut up. Don't you tell me to shut up, Leonard Snell. I pay the rent when it gets paid. I pay the grocery bills. I pay for everything. You'd think at least I get a little appreciation once in a while. I appreciate it. I hear about it enough. Well, then why don't you do something about it? Sincerely, I don't feel so good today. Sure. That's what you always say every time anybody talks about work. But I'm sick and tired of it. You promised you were going to get a job this weekend. You're going to do it. Celia? <sighs> There's something I gotta tell you. Oh, I suppose you want to wheedle some money out of me again. Well, if you can't even keep a little lunch money in your pocket, I... No, listen, it's more than that. Oh, it is, is it? I suppose you got another hot tip on the races. Well, if you think I'm going to... Will you shut up? Hey, what's the matter with you? Listen, Celia. I sold quite a few insurance policies in the last six months. Oh, you have, have you? Well, where's the money? Don't you try to pull that on me. You're going to get a job. All right. I spent the money. On the races. Yeah. 
Only it wasn't all my money. What do you mean? I mean I'm $1,800 short. And this oh. is the last day to settle up my accounts with the company. You stole it. I thought I was going to get it back and make a killing. I had some tips that were supposed to be sure things. Oh, I get it. $1,800. Quite a coincidence, isn't it? All right. $1,750. What's the difference? And it just so happens that I have $1,800 in a safe deposit box that Aunt May left me this spring. Quite a coincidence. Celia, i got to get that money back to him today. Well, I don't believe a word of it. And you're not going to get that money. If I don't, they can send me to jail. And if I did believe you, you wouldn't get it. Maybe a few months in jail would teach you a little consideration. You know i got to have an operation sometime this fall. You think I want to go into a charity ward? And who'll pay the rent while I was sick? They can give me five years. You're just a little too cute, Mrs. Snell. You've had your eye on that money ever since you heard I got it. But you're not going to get it. Why do you think I wear the key to that safe deposit box around my neck? Celia? I suppose you think I haven't noticed. Now look, Celia. I suppose you think I don't know all those times you tried to get that chain off my neck when you thought I was asleep. Yeah, yeah, but... Well, I wasn't quite as sleepy as you thought. All right, Celia. And don't you think you can wheedle it out of me? Get away from me. Lynn! Just like it had always been. I yanked on the chain. Snapped. And the key came way in my hand. I shaved. Got dressed. Then I went through a purse. There was nine dollars and some change in the usual junk. And that sweepstake ticket made out in the name of I'm a winner. I put the money in my pocket. The ticket in my wallet. I'm all set to go now except for writing the letter. All of a sudden, I realize what I'm doing doesn't seem strange to me at all. It's like one of those dreams where you think it's all happened before sometime. I wrote to the police. I have killed my wife in a fit of anger. I can't go on living anymore after doing a thing like that to see you. I'm short in my account, too. So there's only one thing for me to do. Don't bother looking for me. By the time you get this letter, you can find me in the city morgue. Yours truly, Leonard Snell. Morning, Mr. Morsley. Leonard, I've just had some great news. I knew you'd want to hear about it right away. Well, uh, I'm in sort of a hurry this morning. All right, but wait till you hear this. You know that picric acid dye formula I've been working on? Yeah. Well, the government's just bought an option on it. They're going to try it out under factory conditions, and when they do, why, my boy, it'll be worth a million dollars. What do you know? That's really great. Well, I guess I better be going along. So I, I decided to take out that annuity you've been trying to sell me. Got an application right here, have you? You... Oh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Go on inside. Hello there, Leonard. Good morning. Why, my man, you look as though you just seen a ghost or something. <laughs> he just sold a policy. You don't sell them like that every day, do you, my boy? What's that first premium? About uh, $3,400, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, there's a nice commission in that, eh, Leonard? About, uh, oh, $1,800, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah, Leonard certainly deserves it. He works very hard. I see him coming home every evening with that briefcase and all those papers under his arm. Oh, I'm sure he works hard, but uh, perhaps I'm a little more observant than you, dear. Oh, sit right down there, my boy. Okay. Oh, watch out for those bottles behind you, though. That's picric acid. Uh-oh. Uh, what do you mean, you're more observant than I am? <laughs> Most of those papers are the racing forms, aren't they, Leonard? Well, uh... <laughs> you know, I've been watching you, Leonard. Yes, you've had a hard time, but you're a gambler. You believe a lot in luck. Well, sir, now I've got a theory about luck. When were you born? Uh, oh, uh, March 1st, 1878. Yes, luck is something that can come in big doses sometimes. It's almost as though fate had planted out ahead of time. Who's the beneficiary? Oh, uh, my wife. Oh, that's so good. Well, there's a perfectly good mathematical explanation for it, of course. Now, a number of unrelated events converge, and they all add up to the good fortune of a single man. Oh, happens once in a century, perhaps, but it, it does happen. Um, you can uh, make out the check. Huh? Uh, oh, oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> why don't I make it out to you personally? Then I can collect that three months' rent you owe me, huh? <laughs> why, sure, sure. That'll be uh, $3,255. Oh, fine, fine, fine. I'll make it up, right? You know, Leonard, I was saying to Sam just this morning, I'm almost as glad for your sake as for ours. My won't see you be surprised. Huh? I said won't see you be surprised. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say, where is Celia? She usually leaves work long before this. I always hear her. Well, she's the... Oh, uh, Leonard, don't tell me there's anything wrong. I know she hasn't been feeling well. Oh, no, no, no. no. It's, uh, it's just a little headache, you know. Well, the poor thing. Why didn't you tell me? I'll go right upstairs and fix her something. No. Uh, no, uh, you better not. Uh, she told me she wanted to sleep. She's asleep now. Oh. Well, then I'd, I I won't bother her. Yeah. I'll go up around noontime. Maybe I can fix her a little something then. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my boy. Here's your check. Thanks. Now, don't play that on the races. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but you keep playing your luck just the same. Now, what's a funny thing? You've had a lucky start today. Maybe your luck's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has. <laughs> couldn't he have signed it yesterday? That's all I could think of for a couple of minutes. Why couldn't he have signed it yesterday? But it was done now. I get in the car and drive downtown. First I go to Celia's bank. And I get that 1800 out of the deposit box. Nobody says a word. Then I drive over to Morsley's bank and cash the check. I've got over five grand now. That's pretty good for a guy that started out the day by being 1750 in the hole. I drive over towards the park. In the jewelry store, it says 10 15. 10 15. That was plenty of time. The park, I stop and give the once over to the bum sitting around on the benches in the sun. There's always a bunch of them. Pretty soon I see a guy that looks about right. Hey, you. Me? Yeah. You want to make five bucks? You mean the job? <laughs> you won't have to strain yourself. I just hurt my wrist and I can't drive. I gotta go uptown and meet a guy. You wanna drive me? Oh, okay. You got a license? Yeah, I got a license. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Floyd Houston. 
Omaha, Nebraska. You're kind of a long ways from home, aren't you? Yeah, but it's okay to drive within this state if you've uh, got a licensed driver with you. Okay, Floyd Eustace. You'll do. We get in the car and head uptown. My luck is holding. This guy couldn't have been better if I looked a week. It'll be another clock. It's only a little past 10.30 now. Still got lots of time. So I decide to clean up the details now. How am I doing? Okay. So turn right at the next block, Floyd. I want to go by the 43rd Street Post Office and mail a letter. Sure. Hey, you could mail it in a letterbox, though. Yeah, but I don't want to mail it in a letterbox. Oh. Okay. I go into the post office and get a stamp and mail a letter. It's a letter where I tell about killing Celia. And it's just addressed to Police Commissioner 21 Center Street. Somehow I just don't trust a letterbox. Because if the police don't get that letter right on time and start looking, it's not so good. I go out and get in the car, and I tell Floyd Eustace where to go. We head uptown. After a while, we get to Fort Zion Park, right above Riverside Drive, looking over the river. There's hardly ever anybody up there at this time of year, so I felt pretty safe. And sure enough, there wasn't. I got the monkey wrench out, and I had it in my hand. Is this right? Yeah. Uh, just pull over there, up against the rail. Gee... I've never been up here. Uh, must be quite a drop down there, huh? A couple of hundred feet, huh? Uh-huh. Is this where you're supposed to meet the guy? Yeah. Right here. I dragged him into the back seat and took off all his clothes. And then all mine. I changed clothes with him right down to the underwear and socks. I put all my papers in his pockets. My license, old man Mosley's application, my wallet, the works. Then I dragged him up front again in the driver's seat. I propped him there with his arms through the wheel so his head would go through the windshield. I had to be sure they'd say it was me and nobody else. Then I put her in gear and let her go. Smack in the middle of the street. Look at his face. He must have gone right through the windshield. Yeah, poor fella. Identified him from his wallet. A guy named Snell. Leonard Snell. I was free. I was free of Celia and all her belly aching. I was free to do anything I wanted. I had five grand in my pocket, and the cops had Leonard Snell's body down at the moor, just like I told them they would in the letter. My luck was holding but good. I went over to the 181st Street bus station. There was a bus leaving for Boston in 20 minutes. I bought a ticket. Then I got a paper on the corner, went into the lunchroom, and sat down at the counter. What's yours? Uh, scrambled eggs with bacon. French fries, orange juice, and coffee. And I gotta catch a bus. It won't take long, will it? No longer than it takes an egg to scramble. Whoop. <laughs> Excuse me. That's all right, Mac. I like to read the newspaper while I eat myself. Uh-huh. Kind of aids the digestion, I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's your orange juice. Thanks. 
Some guys have all the luck, don't they? Huh? I said some guys have all the luck. I was just noticing a paper there about those Irish sweepstick winners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some guys... What's the matter? You feel bad? I've all...
visual of the gummy shop. All right, sir. No chase on the sign? No. That'll be a dollar. Leave the bottle. Yes, sir. <laughs> and now we bring you five minutes of the latest news. Hey, uh, Charlie, turn that radio up, will you? Sure. Daring motives in the annals of New York crime, a gang of armed men this noon robbed the United States mail truck just as it was leaving the 43rd Street Post Office, removing eight sacks of mail, the entire morning collection of the post office. Apparently, the gunmen were after a shipment of currency destined for the Federal Reserve Bank. But according to officials, the joke is on the gangsters. All they got was a regular mail. Hey, you've been playing with oh, I knew it had happened now. I couldn't lose. I simply couldn't lose. Because those mugs that stuck up that mail truck had got my letter. Nothing in the world could stop me now. I've just been held up. Held up, huh? Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, I picked up a guy who asked me for a lift, about 225th Street and Broadway. I was driving along by Van Cortland Park when suddenly he grabbed me. Then he hit me with something. And that's all I remember till I woke up lying in the park. My car was gone. Then I found out that he'd taken my wallet, my money, everything. I see. What's your name? Leonard Snell. Leonard I... Snell? That's right. Oh, uh, say, Lieutenant. Yeah? This gentleman is Mr. Leonard Snell. He was held up this morning. His car was stolen. Oh. Uh, just step in here, will you, Mr. Snell? Why, sure. Sit down. Thanks. Uh, I've got some news for you, Mr. Snell. Did you find the car? Well, yes. The fellow didn't get far. He drove off the cliff at Fort Tryon Park. He's dead. For a while, we thought it was you. But, uh... That wasn't what I was going to tell you. Well, what was it? Haven't seen the paper today? Not since this morning. What? I've got some good news and some bad news for you, Mr. Snell. Maybe I better tell you the bad news first. It's pretty bad. Go ahead. Your wife was killed this morning, Mr. Snell, in a fire at your home. My wife? much under circumstances, Mr. Snell, but you've drawn a ticket worth $40,000 in the Irish sweepstakes. Well, to win the Irish sweepstakes and then lose your wife the same day. Some people sure have all the hard luck in the world. about the money, though. Now. That was at 
By six, I've got $45,000 in my pocket. Cash. And I'm registered at the Waldorf. And I'm sitting down to dinner. I'll take the plank steak, please. Medium. Yes, sir. I will have your order very shortly, sir. Hello, pal. Mind if I sit down? Uh, you a reporter? Not exactly. I'm a sort of a collector. You owe me 40 grand, pal. I come to collect. Now. 40? Why, I don't yes, owe you. Yes, you do, pal. Remember that little letter you wrote to the police commissioner this morning? That you mailed at the 43rd Street Post Office? Some friends of mine found it. They think it's worth just about 40 grand. You? You know one of the guys who stuck up the mail truck? You want to make something of it? There's a big reward. There's a cop right outside the hotel. I kind of figured you'd play ball. Where's the letter? My friend's got it right outside in the car. Still got that dough on you in cash like the paper said. Yes. Come on. All right. You're a pretty lucky guy at that, pal. Somebody else had got that letter. Don't worry, pal. Your secret is safe with me. He's acting real reasonable, too. Get up the cash, pal. You recognize the letter, don't you? Here's your money. And here's your letter. Only don't try anything funny because we still know what that letter says. And the cops could always dig up the body and find out how your old lady really kicked off. I think he gets the idea. So long, Pat. So long, Pat. Oh, sir. Oh, there's no for the gangsters. And hell, not the mail truck. I You can't lose. Yeah, well, he's wrong. <laughs> he 
he's wrong there, because that lamp's going to fry just as sure as my name is Jerry Maloney. Well, are you wrong, Jerry? His luck is still good. Huh? He's dead. Suspense. Produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Tonight you heard Mr. Dan Duryea as star of The Man Who Couldn't Lose. This was the third in a limited series which will present radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.